Hey guys, welcome back to the Chase the Unknown podcast. My name is Roger Sisk, one of your co-hosts here on the podcast. We are officially back. Please forgive us for the unannounced sudden break we took. Um, we were just going through, especially myself personally, was going through just a time of transition over the last month and a half. And that was just making it very difficult for me to personally um, do everything that we do here to bring you an excellent podcast every week. Um, so we just decided to take a quick break um, for the last month and a half. And so we can step back and make sure we are bringing you the very best we can. But with all that being said, we are officially back. I'm here today with my co-host, Jared Robert Todd. Hello. So happy to have you back on the podcast, Jared. Oh yeah, back to the side. It feels so good to be back, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah. Today we are here with Amanda, who works in casting in reality television. She is also the host of her very own podcast, How Did I Get This Far? Welcome to the podcast, Amanda. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being here, guys. It's going to be so much fun. Of course. Yes, oh, yes. It's wonderful. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and, and joining us to talk. For sure. Let's do this. Yeah. Now, Amanda, you primarily work in reality te- television, correct? Have you done any scripted in the past or has it just been primarily reality for the most part? Yes, I've definitely bounced uh, back and forth. I kind of discovered that my passion really is in reality television. Uh, I can definitely touch on both, but I mainly do reality TV, and that's what I'm doing at the moment. Awesome. So for our listeners at home that aren't aware of what casting does, um, especially in the reality television world, would you mind explaining what casting does exactly and what um, the process typically looks like? Sure. So uh, I work mainly in, uh, we also call it unscripted television, um, alternative entertainment, reality TV. Uh, So mainly a casting team's job is to recruit, produce, and pitch talent for a show to the production company and to the network. Uh, so I, that's pretty much the freelance side of it. There's also some in-house teams and everything, but as far as a typical process goes, you have your casting teams, you maybe have assistants, maybe you have associate producers, producers, supervising producers, managers, editors, all kinds of people. And then at the top is the casting director who kind of oversees it all, is in charge of the whole team. And then we would send all of this to a production company, to the producers who are putting some money on it. And then they also have to get the approval from the network who they are officially going to share it. And they also have money mm. on the line and they'll make the final decisions on who they want on their shows. Yeah. So that final okay. decision is the networks then. Yes. So your, your job primarily is just to pitch talent essentially. Essentially. Yeah. And I think it's a common misconception too, that, mm-hmm. um, if you're talking to someone from a casting team, that they are the end all be all of you getting on a show. And mm-hmm. really they're kind of just the, the messenger, if you will. But we also like mm-hmm. when we recruit someone, we're hoping that it works out, right? Like we'll mm-hmm. do our best to find that, that hook or that thing that's interesting about you or the thing that fits with what the show wants. Um, mm-hmm. If it doesn't work, you know, oh, well, maybe we discovered while talking with you or while, you know, getting to know more facts about you that maybe this isn't the right fit, but if we like your personality or if we like something about you, we'll want to consider you for maybe a future project. But I would say the main steps is that we recruit you, whether that's through social media or through regular outreach or referrals, and then we'll talk with you, we'll get to know you, we'll interview you, ask you different questions, um, get you on camera or however we want to do it. And then we'll kind of put that into a nice presentation to share with the the next parts of the production and see what they think. Yeah, Okay, definitely. okay. I like that a lot. Um, I was actually curious 
Um, when you're casting these, how is the structure different from, uh, how's the casting structure different from scripted television? And what do you look for in a contestant or a, an actor, like on Prank Encounters? When you're looking for actors for those, what do you look for different uh, than, what would be different and what you're looking for than scripted television? Sure. So there is a lot of similarities and a lot of differences between scripted and reality TV. Uh, the main similarity is that same structure. You have your like, I like to call it the soldiers on the battlefield, like the people physically running the auditions, recruiting, talking to the either the talent or often with scripted content with their representations, with their manager, with their agent. Um, and then putting that into, you know, making editing that to look nice to then mm -hmm. share with the steps above them. Um, but like I said, the biggest difference is who you're talking to. So when mm -hmm. I've worked for networks mm -hmm. on scripted content, we're rarely, if ever, probably never talking directly to the talent. We usually go through the representation. Mm -hmm. And with um, reality content, that is honestly almost never with um, representation. We usually want what we call real people, which is not people being actors. I know it's like yeah. a funny term, but that's the term yeah, we yeah. use. Um, people being themselves, the firefighter mm -hmm. or, you know, the teacher, anybody that's kind of the the, the mm -hmm. average Joe, if you will, which obviously is, is not what we really look for. We look yeah. for people with interesting stories, yeah. but yeah. Um, that's kind of the, I would yeah. say the biggest difference. And obviously there's a script involved with scripted totally. stuff you're reading mm -hmm. off of like yeah, a, yeah. what we call sides, the, the portion of a script. Mm -hmm. That I would say is the other obvious yeah. difference. You're looking for those people that aren't necessarily in the system or know how yeah. quote the industry works or anything like that, you know? Yeah. So, okay. So yeah, circling back to your other question when you were talking about prank encounters or other game shows I've done um, or anything that requires um, not actors. Um, it's not impossible for an actor to get on a show. It's just definitely not the most ideal situation because mm -hmm. You know, of course, there's, you know, that one person that's going to dig deep and find that they're an actor. Like, this was all fake. You've got an actor. It's like, no, like, we really didn't want an actor. Just, oh. It was really wonderful. Yeah. Um, but we'll do our best to find normal people. Like, with Prank Encounters, actually, like, that wasn't those. So uh, my job was to recruit people to go to these gigs. So there wasn't necessarily... Um, actors at all. Like, we actually mm -hmm. did, did our best to not have actors. And then there were... Um, actors who obviously acted in the show to keep the the facade alive yeah um but when it comes to game shows and things like that our goal is to find mm -hmm. people to give them this amazing opportunity and people that we want to root for and watch them have this opportunity or that have an interesting story and you really want to see more about their perspective and their strong point of view you want to see more of that you want to get to know mm -hmm. their personality and what made them them and what they would do in different circumstances so Depends on the on the project, depends on the show, but there's a few different things that we're looking for. Totally, That's pretty totally. awesome. Thank you for clearing up the whole real person thing because I've seen that on so many castings. I'm like, I'm real. Like, I'm not sure what you're asking yeah. for. <laughs> it's a I'm, not a yeah, I'm not a robot. That, that makes, I promise. Perfect sense now. Yeah. Exactly. It's just like you're this. This person exists. Like this person's real, yeah. rather than you making this character. Yeah, yeah. You, you're not taking on a role. You're just you're you. Right. On the show. You're Welcome really to being now. real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So circling back around, how did you initially get started in the casting world? Was there an experience that you had that kind of opened your eyes to kind of the world of casting or um, film production? Or was it kind of more of a, a blind thing where you're like, hey, like, this is something I want to do. I've got to figure out how to do it in a way. Yeah. I mean, I always was fascinated with Hollywood ever since I was a kid. I just 
you know, I read books and things of like, you know, mm. stories of girls that went to Hollywood and had this amazing adventure. And it's like, I wonder if that's real. Like, that seems so cool. And, um, and then I went to Hollywood with my family when I was a kid. And to be honest, I kind of met my expectations. We went to a sitcom taping and we went to go see a movie before it was finished. It was um, Chicken Little, that animated movie. Like some of the yes. scenes were still just storyboard images and like mm -hmm. the director was there and he asked for our advice. Awesome. And it was just like this behind the scenes oh. stuff that was like, this mm -hmm. is so cool. Like if I can make my job like being on a set or like working on a like prod, like a TV show mm -hmm. or a movie, like that's so cool. Um, and so I had to figure out what I was gonna do in it. And I actually would watch movies and watch the credits afterwards and like pause mm -hmm. the credits and look at all the job titles and see what other jobs are there besides actors that maybe I would be interested in. Yeah. And um, I knew I loved, I mean, I liked acting myself. I did like drama club in like high school and college, but um, I didn't think I necessarily wanted to be an actor. I think I definitely did when I was a kid, that was like my dream job and then uh, had that moments at some point where I was like, I don't know if I can do a job that's like 99% rejection. And then I realized, okay, on the other end, the people like, I guess you could say rejecting, which I don't love that part. Be on the other side. <laughs> be on the other side, it was like, I still get to work with talented people making their like dreams come true, still doing my creative, but also my like logistical organizational skills. So it just seemed like a cool job that combined everything. So I did, you know, internships in college and then got myself a job out in LA and made it happen. So made it happen. Um, that's kind of the, the story of my career. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Awesome. That's have, incredible. Have you ever, I have a question. Have you ever been recognized out in LA as a casting director or like when people like realize they're talking to a casting director, do they ever like, Oh, well get me on one of your shows. That's like, a good how do you point. feel about question. that when that happens? Sure. Well, I, I probably should clarify for like my friends that may listen and um, for a casting director, I'm definitely not a casting director, although it, it, it's so common to just assume that or to call it a casting agent. That's also like a faux pas. Um, mm -hmm. That's like not a real term. Um, mm -hmm. But my title, I kind of um, sometimes I'm a casting producer, casting associate producer, casting coordinator typically casting producer, um, haven't gone to being a casting director. Usually they like own their casting company. Uh, mm. and I haven't done that. So, um, yeah, but okay. just for the sake of answering your question, yes, it has happened. Actually very funny memory. I had auditioned someone for a game show and I went to a comedy show with some of my friends and it was like a small space. And so we sat kind of close to the front and this one comedian was telling his, his bits. And then at one point he literally interrupts himself. He goes, Oh my God, that's Amanda. She's a casting producer. I interviewed with her. I'm trying to get on her game show. Oh, that is, that is so cool. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not on the clock. No, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and then of course, every, you know, people message me all the time or find mm -hmm. me on LinkedIn or something and ask, you know, if I can get them on something. And yeah. I respect the hustle, but it, that's usually not the way it works. <laughs> exactly. Say, is that that even it. appropriate to do that? I think I'm just so used to it that it's like, who knows, maybe somebody that's, you know, great, but typically it's not um, someone that I'm looking for in, a, in an upcoming project. But um, the most professional or appropriate way, if you are trying to do something, is just to look for casting notices or to follow the yes. accounts of casting people who share their flyers and things like that. Yeah. Um, if you have questions about the process, like sure, DM, but if you're like, hey, get me on a movie, here's my resume or something like that. <laughs> yeah. 
that's just not how it goes. No, don't do that. That's oh, yeah. I imagine that's probably something you can do to make your chances worse in a way almost. Because yeah. it may goes yeah. it may put something and, in your head that goes like, Well, they're just trying they're they're just trying to get on the show for whatever reason, you know, it's right. Like they're not they doing their have. due diligence to see like how the industry works. Exactly. I, I think may one thing that may even play into that is, you know, at least I've heard of, you know, um shows that have um gone out and actually scouted on social media or you, you hear oh this person wasn't casted this person was scouted right. you know and so that may that may also be something mm. that feeds into that yeah and i will say like obviously recruiting and scouting is a very common way of getting people on a show it is certainly not the only way mm -hmm. uh, we want people to apply if they think they're a yeah. good fit or they're interested um, even if they're not recruited, that doesn't mean they're not a good fit. It just means maybe we just didn't find them ourselves. So if you apply and we always look at every application that will come in for any show, we'll give you a call. If we see, you know, the basic things that we see, you know, check off our boxes. There's no like giant red flags. Um, like a common one would be if we're only casting people in Southern California and someone from Indiana applies, it's like, okay, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'd love you, but yeah. like maybe in the future for a nationwide casting or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you find something you want to apply to or a show you love, like mm -hmm. apply, there's no, yeah. there's no harm in it. There's no loss. It doesn't cost money. Exactly. Just go for it. You never know. But just going back to a second ago, a distinction you made, um, is that there is a difference between, you know, casting producer, a direct a casting director, you know, a casting associate, even, you know, coming from someone who has kind of been in in a small way in the film industry, um, specific more on the commercial sector, but I have been on a few narrative um, sets and such. Um, but that's something that I didn't even realize that that was a thing. I learned that too. Like, like as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, there is a difference. I feel like I should have known that though, but thank you. I was yes. like, oh, darn yeah. it. <laughs> it's, it's it's common and a lot of those titles i would say i see more so in reality than i do in mm -hmm. scripted i would say in scripted it's pretty much like casting director associate director and mm -hmm. like an assistant is like kind of the normal um structure oh. with, yeah, with scripted so mm -hmm. um the fact that some of those titles sounded a little bit newer to you probably makes sense if you're more yep. into scripted side. all of those did all yeah, of those more into the narrative like what have i been doing like <laughs> 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 what have i been doing wrong yeah, I'm like, how many people have I been have I been making angry? No, no, and yeah. here's the thing, no, like, no, I, like I will say in casting, like, we know a lot of people don't get it. Like, it's definitely mm. kind of a mystery to anyone who's not in the industry. So we always appreciate and like love the opportunity to explain it and share and talk oh about God. it. Because we'd love to bring more attention to you know what what it is we do. But um, but no, it's totally fine. <laughs> no worries. Oh, no. Uh, thank you. Thank is there anything else you wanted to add there, Jared? I realized I accidentally kind of steamrolled over you a few times there. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think I think you actually ended up covering it most of the okay. time, as if as if you were like reading my mind. Oh, I do want to talk about the podcast though. Yes, let's go ahead and transition into your podcast because you host I love the podcast. The I saw basic life skills. I'm like, yes, I need those because I don't have them. Why did you choose that topic? Was, was it for people like me? Did you did you feel sorry for us? I did. I was like, oh my God, poor Jared, <laughs> a lot of help. Let me make a podcast. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's the same for me. There's just so many things in life that I just never learned. And it got to a 
point. Like I'm not far away from my thirties and I don't know how to do a lot of normal stuff. And uh, I was like, there's no resource that makes it interesting to learn this stuff. I have to mm -hmm. Google it, which means reading, which is boring. Or I'm in the middle of like a panic because let's say I got a flat tire. I'm already stressed. I have a flat tire. I don't now need to be stressed that I'm dumb enough to not know what to do. So um, I, you know, I was starting to listen to podcasts and there were some self-help podcasts that are wonderful, um, but some of them are a little bit more of like a higher education. So like more like philosophical discussions and things like that. And then there are like the millennial sarcastic self-help ones where it just turns into them like mm -hmm. making fun of themselves, which is fun. But I ultimately started listening. I was like, I don't think I'm actually learning anything anymore. Um, and mm -hmm. I'm somebody that just, I like to be like productive. So yeah. um, I was like, well, if I can make a podcast that covers the actual basic skills we need to learn in like a fun and educational conversational way, then I guess I'll do it because no one else is doing it. Um, it was originally a YouTube idea and then I realized I don't know how to do that, um, but turned into a podcast, which I think is even better because yeah. you can just listen to it and hope you like absorb some of the knowledge while going about your day. That's that's at least my goal with the, with how did I get this far? The podcast. Awesome, I know, I know we need the help. Um, <laughs> is there a team behind you guys to help you produce the podcast or is it just a one woman show there? It is just me, but I do have to give a shout out to a couple of people who definitely reached out to help me. So my friend Mickey, I don't know why she offered to help edit some episodes just out of the kindness of her heart, but she does. Mm. So I love her so much because mm. I editing is my least favorite part. So she'll definitely do some of my episodes for me and she does it mm -hmm. way faster than I can. Um, and then this other girl named Marie, she also offered to help kind of make little like clips of my episodes as well to share on social media um but as far as like creating it finding guests recording it prepping for that and everything it's mm -hmm. all all in amanda's brain so yeah <laughs> how do you not run out of ideas like well when i first came up with the idea because it stemmed from my own like stress of not knowing how to do stuff. I actually created a whole spreadsheet of things that I just didn't know how to do. And then over time, people would just randomly text me like, oh my God, did you ever cover like why planes, like why planes work like that or something that they'll just be like, oh, like, do you, like, did you ever cover like, uh, you know, table etiquette, just like any topic that they just randomly are like, wait, I don't know anything about that. Uh, and I'll just add to my spreadsheets and it just gives me endless ideas. So I have endless ideas to cover and, and it, it really doesn't run out. The only caveat, I guess, is that it is an audio only platform. So mm -hmm. anything that does kind of require visuals, we'll usually make some references to where to see the visuals or I'll create them to share on like my social media for the podcast. Exactly. I was even going to mention that um, I was personally looking at your Instagram um, before we before we started talking. I was really impressed with just how you got have everything laid out in terms of almost a formula of, Hey, like this is who's coming up on the podcast. You know, then you have a few pod, a few posts after that, which are, okay, here are a few things that you can use to here are a few resources you can use to learn a little bit more about this topic, you know, and then you move on past that. But adding that extra benefit as opposed to just, here's a person on the podcast, listen to it you know, you're giving yeah. more, you're giving your audience in a way a little bit more information past that. So it really almost in a way transcends the podcast format into being a vehicle for knowledge and education almost. Thank you. That was a great sell on my podcast. I appreciate that. Yeah. You're, you can pull that and use it if you want. Yeah. <laughs> 
well, it sounds like a great podcast. <laughs> That's going to be it a description is. box like, like tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, my goal is to make it a bit of like a, like a community or like a, like a real resource mm -hmm. for all encompassing basic skills and also knowledge. Mm -hmm. I do want to kind of make sure I cover also just the things mm -hmm. that stress us out that we don't know that aren't necessarily, mm -hmm. necessarily skill related, but just knowledge related, especially nowadays, there's been so many major conversations that totally. we are so behind understanding. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do my best to kind of touch on them in a way that's non-judgmental and mm -hmm. like conversational and just helpful. Like, um, I did one episode last summer um, with a, a black a role model of mine growing up and we did a conversation on Black Lives Matter, but I didn't make it like, you know, anything that felt like you should have known this because I certainly didn't know everything, but did some of my own research, had her share her perspective as well as her mm. own research and just made it a conversation of what are some things we should have known? What are some questions we yeah. haven't asked? You know, just mm. where can we go from here? What are some resources maybe that you found along the way? And just kind of making it conversational and, and, and lighthearted as much as possible. That's really great. And uh, really great for people our age, actually, because totally. people our age, I just feel like from our generation, mm. our DIY skills, our, our basic life skills for things yeah. just mm, not so <laughs> great. Totally. Yeah, yeah, like you mentioned, um, we're in a placing culture really right now where we do need to be having those conversations of about where can we go from here as opposed to looking coming from a place of like looking down on other people and almost a you should have known yeah. this yeah. mentality 100 yeah. totally. my dad's definitely the uh, the latter of those two Mm. <laughs> you should have known this you should have known. that's also another name my podcast could have had stuff you should have known <laughs> stuff you should have known until you found my podcast you dummy yeah well, a lot yeah, of other names i could have done podcast for dummies you might have to get the licensing rights to that but yeah that probably exists honestly they maybe they're my competitor i'm not sure for dummies <laughs> when when you're first set, starting out to and setting out to start your podcast were the, was there one specific or maybe a few specific topics you were really like, okay, that like you, they were in your top five or something like, okay, I really want to learn this. Yeah. Um, well, for some reason, this sounds pretty, pretty silly, but one of the main topics I definitely wanted to cover was coffee uh, mm. because I definitely don't understand it at all or like how it's made um mm -hmm. why people drink it why people are so obsessed with it i just mm -hmm. didn't get it and uh i knew it was probably silly but maybe there was someone out there who also just doesn't get it mm -hmm. um and so i that was actually my it wasn't the first episode i released but it was the first ever interview i did um with mm -hmm. this company called caveman coffee company okay. and she her knowledge was beyond incredible but she definitely shared the basics of like what it is, the different types, how it's made, the different ways to have mm. it. Um, and, um, and that was super fun. And then I ended up recruiting another guest that it, we ended up not doing it about coffee. I had I've recruited, um, I don't know, you guys probably don't know who Ben Higgins is, but he is definitely, do you? I was actually just going to say, finish your thought first and then we'll, we can talk about that. Oh my gosh. But. Funny. Wait, I'm, 10 points for you for knowing who Ben Higgins is. Um, Google it. Sorry, Jared, you got to look it She's, up. Okay. Um, since, since we're on that train wagon, I'll go ahead. Yes, um, I know who he is because of Bachelor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I am one of the only males that I know that actually 
watches The Bachelor and, and slightly enjoys The Bachelor. Although oh the last God. few seasons Embrace have not been it. Great. You enjoy it. Like, own it. Like, I love that. I know. Like, it's one of those things where I was, I watched it in secret for a little while because I was like, <laughs> I don't know if it's okay to be watching this as a straight male. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had an, I had a, I had an ex once who, um, he was like, oh, Amanda, if you want, I'll watch the next season of The Bachelor mm. for you. And I was like, I didn't ask you, but yeah. okay. <laughs> That's what, then, how it happens. Uh, <laughs> That's what how it happens. <laughs> and then my friend's he just like, wanted an excuse. What? He just wanted an excuse. Right? Okay. So, but here, here's where I was like, this guy is a liar. Because uh, my friends were like, hey, I'm like, we want to watch Bachelor. Like, where are you watching? I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm watching at my boyfriend's house. You can join. So it turned into like a girl's viewing party plus my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the last episode of the night, he literally dressed in a, in a suit, had a rose, opened the door for us to come in. He goes, ladies, it's the final episode of the season. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, so that's you like the show. <laughs> that's commitment Wait, right there. He gave you the rose, right? He did, yes, yes. Okay, he better. <laughs> I was scared there was gonna be like some twist there. That was gonna. This is why we broke up. No. That would have been a great <laughs> yeah, sorry. Break up. <laughs> you didn't give that me the rose. That's why we broke up. Way to break up. Or a great way. I don't know. Yeah, I actually did an episode on how to get on reality TV on my my podcast. So a little meta Ooh. to everything here, but um, my guest what? World colliding. World's colliding. And my guest actually did work on The Bachelor. She was a casting producer for okay. The Bachelor. Um, so we touched a bit on that as well. Um, but so to circle back to yes. why I brought up Ben Higgins. So he actually owns a coffee shop um, called Generous Coffee Company. And okay. I initially was like considering doing an episode on coffee with him, but I had already recorded mine with Caveman Coffee Company and I was so grateful for her. So I was like, okay, what else could we do? Mm-hmm. And then realized Ben was known on The Bachelor and the company is also known for being pretty philanthropic and um, kind of helping nonprofits. So we talked about like how to make a difference and how to volunteer, mm-hmm. how to figure mm-hmm. out how much you should donate and a little bit more of co- the conversation around that. So totally was able to pull that off, but was pull grateful. It off. Pull it off. That, oh, that's that's one of those difficult words to pronounce, philanthropic. Philanthropic. It's very difficult. Philanthropic. Anyway, that was a side note. But. <laughs> <laughs> you had like a, like a sensual twist to it when you said it, Jared. No. Oh, did I? Love it. Philanthropic. Maybe I should be on The Bachelor. <laughs> there you go. There's your. If you ever get in, into bachelor casting, call Jared. No. Well, I have to lose a, an amount of weight that I won't disclose before then. Um... <laughs> Don't we all get on that show? For yeah, me? I know. <laughs> Still waiting on the day that they become a little more um, diverse in the yes. body shapes on the show, but. I definitely didn't expect part of my interview with two males to be about The Bachelor. This is so cool. Know, right? <laughs> I'm just listening and speculating. I Heck, I might watch it now. Let's see. I got to catch up on all The Bachelors. <laughs> is it like one of those shows you got to catch up on the, the four seasons to understand the rest? I'm going to say I think you should spare yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jared. Just so lost. So lost. <laughs> what was like... If you uh, if you had to choose, speaking of, of shows, if you could work on any show that you don't currently work on, which ones you like? Mm, that one. Yeah, I know my answer. Well, I sort of worked on it. So my answer is Big Brother on CBS. Okay, that is my favorite show. Um, like including re- like scripted TV, like Big Brother, I get obsessed with. There's a lot of other shows I love, but that one, like 
if I end up hanging out with someone when Big Brother's airing, I let them know, you should feel special because I chose you over Big Brother tonight. Like, I'm very, very obsessed with it. And uh, one of my, um, my second job when I moved to LA, I actually worked as an audience coordinator for TV shows that had TV audiences in them. And if you know anything about Big Brother, every Thursday, there's a live audience for when someone gets eliminated Mm -hmm. from the house. And uh, so I coordinated the audience a couple times that sat in the studio audience for those days. And I was more excited than the people in the audience were because I was such a fan of the show. Julie Chen, the host, like walked by me. I'm like, oh my God, royalty just passed me. And, And then one of the producers of the show, he came up on stage to talk to the audience. I just stood behind them. And uh, he was like, guys, I'm more than an executive mm. producer. I actually do something else. And he gestured to someone in the audience and was like, what's your name? And she's like, Jackie. And he's like, Jackie, report to the diary room. And if you know Big Brother, that is the Big Brother voice that was on stage. So I was like, yes. oh my gosh. So I would love to <laughs> casting for that show. That's I have like a few distant connections to the casting team. So I'm just hoping one day they're going to have an opening and they're like, we need some help. I'm like, I'm I'll give you a call. I guess. I'll guess. Yeah. Never know. You know. I'm a recent. I'm actually. I'm a recent Big Ooh, Brother really? fan. I I started a while. I I watched my first season a while um, during the pandemic, and then just kind of got got caught up after that. Yeah. So I'm a. I would say I'm also a fairly big. Honestly, big the Brother pandemic fan. will do that. You just watch a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of seasons of Big Brother to watch if you need something to pass the time. There is. And it's surprising how many episodes per season. There's three episodes a week. It's crazy. Oh, it it is crazy. So just side note question, since you brought that up, in in your opinion... Who are some of the best players to ever play that you don't hear hear about very often? One of the best players you don't hear. It's interesting because, you know, we do kind of tend to hear... The same names over again, you know, Dan Giesling, Dr. Will, you know, um, but who who would you say is someone that you think doesn't get a lot of credit or a lot, you hear a lot that played really well? Oh my like gosh, that. I feel like I need to like pull up their cast, cast lists because I just like have in my brain know, all right? the ones who like did win. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not the, I'm not a fan of Paul um who came in second twice but he did deserve to win because he did literally run the game um but i also couldn't stand him so i'm i don't want to say i'm glad he didn't win because like that's not nice but like he did yeah he did deserve to win so but you hear about him all the time because he literally got like two or three seasons of the show and i was just like that's enough i know right i was actually gonna bring him up because like you said like well, sometimes you don't, people either love him or hate him, you know, you may not like him, but like you said, like he freaking like ran the game for two seasons. Like who else has done that? And he never it's won. So which is I mean, look, coming in it's, seconds, a good chunk of change too, but, <laughs> oh, yeah. but it actually brings Still. up an interesting point circling back to casting is like loving or hating someone on the show is like a casting person's dream. Like you don't want someone yeah, that doesn't yeah. have a perspective and a point of view that doesn't share their per- opinions that, is a little too shy mm-hmm. Like we want someone that's going to speak and share their thoughts and feelings um so the fact mm-hmm. that he was someone to hate or love is is great yeah 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 and also i feel like a lot of the times he fell into that narrator role almost that you see 
so often on shows like Big Brother or The Bachelor or Survivor, you know, you have you have kind of even if it's just for one episode, you you have that kind of one person that's kind of okay. They're going to be the kind of narrator for this episode. They're going to give you the play by right, play. Right? Yeah. You know? No, you're totally that, right. That's also something I've noticed. People, even if they hate a character or or a person on a show, they still love to watch it. They want to watch it. You're invested either way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also a big thing about totally. you know just being you. Like, like just, just don't care what people are going to think because. Uh, even if somebody hates you, you know, your haters may just make you famous, you know, successful. Right. If you hate them, but, you're still uh, talking about them, you know, and you're still yeah, talking you're still about talking it. You're about still bringing them. the shows up to people's attention. And 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 take a stance because mm-hmm. being lukewarm really, I mean, in creativity, in, in, in any form of medium, a lot of things, totally. yeah, people don't like lukewarm. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of people that have made it on TV, but like you don't remember them. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's it's all about finding those those memorable people, even from a casting perspective, I can imagine, you know, the dream of a casting director is to find those memorable people. And like you mentioned, you know, you you want them, you want the audience to either love them or hate them because that means you've done your job well. Really. Yeah. Personality, story, hook, like it's what we're looking for. I mean, maybe there's obviously a look that we're hoping for but like that's definitely not all it takes like if you have no personality or no story to share then i mean there's only so much we can do with that so Mm -hmm. yeah well as we're we're starting to wrap up here today um as we you've already shared a ton of advice um over the last half hour you know when it comes to casting and your podcast but if you would have anything else to share for someone who whether they're looking to get on reality show or they're wanting to start their own podcast what would you say to them i mean obviously like there's the cliche of like just go for it don't wait for that perfect moment we even talked about this a little before we started recording Mm -hmm. that it's it's so easy to say i'm gonna wait till i know how to how to do it right how to do it perfect and same with my podcast. I had so much anxiety starting my podcast mm. and no one in my family works in casting. So that was also mm. completely on my own too. But I just figured, you know, I've never regretted trying something. I've only regretted not talking, not speaking up, not trying something, not going for it. If it doesn't work out, then at least I know. Um, and if it does yeah. work out, then, you know, I am proud of myself. So I would definitely say my biggest piece of advice exactly. is just to, yeah. to go for it and believe in yourself, speak up for yourself and uh, just mm. be proud of who you are and, and keep doing things to make you proud of yourself. Yeah. Awesome I don't know That's if I just awesome. rambled. So actually, good. I'm listening. I'm trying to listen back. I'm like, what on earth did no, I just... No, you had us engaged. <laughs> no, no. That's, that's what was going on. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, definitely. Discover what works definitely. and what doesn't. Yeah, go for there it, There you go. <laughs> Well, this has been this has been so much fun to have you on the on the show to talk for a little while, and I'm um, just hear a little bit about yeah, your thank you so much for having some of your thoughts and things. So. Thank you for being here. By the way, we are going yes. to drop her links right down below. Yes, go check out her podcast. Yes, As you guys can yeah. tell, she's awesome. Hey, I was gonna say that part. That's that's my cue. That's my thing, dude. And I stole it. I got your thunder. It's mine. <laughs> You stole oh it for me. How funny dare together. you? <laughs> <laughs> 
moving on now that we've said that and settled that there um thank you amanda so much for coming back on it's been a, it's been a blast today we will be back at you next wednesday of course with the all new episode of the podcast here chase the unknown we're so happy to be back and if you have not subscribed to us on social yet you can find us on facebook instagram and youtube at right time media now that's right time media Until next Wednesday, guys, don't forget to go and chase your unknown. See you guys next week.